two. In three, two, one, we are recording. Welcome to Tom and Jack having the crack. Um, every week we sit down with a new comic, have some crack. Um, Jack's not here this week. He's away in Dublin being a superstar doing some gigs. So we've got the wonderful Ramarangi with us here from Amsterdam. How are you doing, buddy? Hello, everyone. I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Great to be here in London. Yeah. When did you get in? I got in last night. Yeah. 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 Came here for... A super surprise gig that we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we are. We're doing uh, the first edition of British Indian Buddies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow at Betsy Trotswood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, yeah. I think by the time this comes out, it will have been a huge success already. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're close to selling out. So. That, was the, yeah. that was the face of a man who's good at hustling. That was the, it'll be a success. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. It's not like I have a uh, hundred flyers with me right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've got, I've, I've got an idea for that afterwards. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna go get, we're gonna go get, get, get rid of some of those bad boys. Nice. So um, when we have Comic Con, we just have a little chat to them about like what they've been up to, what they've been doing. But you've got such a great story for how you started uh, stand up. So for people who have never met you before, never seen you one of your hilarious clips. Um, what, what's, what's your journey been into getting into, into comedy? So I'm not supposed to be here. Let's start off by saying that. <laughs> have, you, have you been speaking to my dad? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my comedy journey started, first of all, as a fan. For the longest time, I was just a comedy fan. I was a kid in India, Southeast India. I come from a very small town. Just about half a million people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in our town, like we didn't have like the traditional uh, American media or something like that. It would often be that one kid who somehow sneaks out, or their parents they go to vacation to the U.S. and they come back and bring some American culture to us. Yeah, and that was the time when one of my older friends uh, came back with sort of a list of recommendations on what we should be watching and what we should catch up. And one of the things he introduced me to was Conan. Conan O'Brien's yeah. uh, late night show. I was like, I was just hearing to this guy being so silly, self-deprecating, you know. Yeah. It's okay to make fun of yourself kind of yeah. thing that I've never seen before. So you've always been attracted to funny gingers. That's <laughs> yeah. good. I think that explains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like my therapist now. <laughs> Linking everything back to my childhood. <laughs> And you definitely look just like Conan. Hundred percent, right? <laughs> yeah. same height, especially the height. Yeah, especially the height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so, so, so you start watching Conan, and then yeah, I started watching Conan, but nothing too like special in the fact that I never thought I would I would even do the same profession or even aim to do something like that. But somehow life happens, and I end up moving to the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mo- moved to a place in Oklahoma, of, of all places, and that was when like I was so far away from home that. Comedy was the only outlet that could sort of give me the cheer because if you are the only brown guy in a small town in Oklahoma, you don't have a lot of things going your way. Yeah. And comedy was, like people said, therapy. Uh, in my case, it was just my companion. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my obsession with comedy meant that I would end up moving to New York and start living there for for my day job. Because didn't we didn't we figure out we were like a year apart? Or we, 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 like in the same time. In same time, yeah. So we probably yeah. like been on an open mic together and just not not known yet. Not no no yeah, not not, yeah. not seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what was the first time you got up on stage in Oklahoma? In Oklahoma, I never got on stage. You never got on stage. There, I mean, right? I did get on on stage a little bit because there was like a student farewell that we had to do when we were leaving uh, Oklahoma in my final year. Mm-hmm. And they, they nominated me, of course, because I was the nerdiest guy in the school. Like, I have the right grades and 
everything. So they asked me to yeah. go and talk about how how I sort of conquered Oklahoma. An Indian guy <laughs> conquering Oklahoma sounds pretty good. <laughs> Not the kind of Indian you would have hoped, but okay. <laughs> yeah. That was a big part of how the state was founded, I think. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, uh, yeah, they, they expected me to give like a very serious speech on like, these are all the things you need to do mm. to get to the next level. But I was like, I felt like a hack. I was like, if I was going to do that, like yeah. none of my journey was like as obvious as it should be. So I just did a stand up routine. But you, did you think of I, it as stand up? I, I, I thought of it as stand up, but I you never did. told okay. any of them that you can expect some laughs. And I just, just wanted to check like how it works. Because I was I was deliberating for a long time by then already that. So I think a lot of comics have a have a version. Roman, I don't know if you if you have a similar thing. I remember doing a. This is this is like twelve years before I ever did stand up. Did my brother's twenty first birthday speech. Yeah. And I approached that like a set. Exactly. And I did it like a That's set. That's basically what. I but did. I don't think I told anybody mm. I was yeah. going to do it like no. that. Yeah. I just did the speech. But I de- looking back, I definitely structured it like. Like a set, yeah. like a set when the it, it like ended yeah. ended on a callback and exactly yeah, bro. Like like like, do you have any? I, I I think I just structured my whole life like that. <laughs> I think I think that's pretty much what it was. It wasn't really a speech or an occasion. Uh, my life is a movie. <laughs> it was just more a case of yeah, this is my life, and that's exactly how I'm gonna live it. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's the that's a level of self confidence I'll never know. <laughs> I was like, I need specific occasions and permissions <laughs> yeah. to do this. So, so you moved to New York because you wanted to do stand up, or because like that was a happy it was accident. a bit of a uh, lot of things coming together. I was watching this show called Master of None by Aziz Ansari. Yeah, love it. Who exactly I look like? Mm-hmm. Of course, if he let himself go <laughs> after the scandal that happened <laughs> a couple of years ago. Yeah. So yeah, I was a big fan of uh, that show and just being able to see a brown guy live like a white person <laughs> that kind of was like okay yeah. i kind of feel like that sometimes yeah and it was like a coming of age of different things and i got a day job that would let me do my usual things i work in the sports industry mm-hmm. and i got a job that i could work in new york and then i could gig in the night but i would say to be honest i really became a comic once i moved to europe mm-hmm. i truly found myself i would say the second coming of myself as a comic mm-hmm. in uh, Europe once I moved to Amsterdam and I realized that in some ways Netherlands can be more racist than Oklahoma. I was like, this is <laughs> this is bonkers. But at the same time, I was like, OK, what ways they more racist? Because they're not aware. Like yeah, in Oklahoma, yes, what, they're very what, self-aware. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, like it's like both of us are in, in on the joke that, oh, yeah, we, yeah. I know you're going to be racist today. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get, you know, some. some <laughs> something on me but uh in europe it's not like that in europe they're like i'm i'm the most well educated person i already mm-hmm. know how the world works america is synonymous with racism not here and that i would see a lot of that in like the dutch circles that i was around and i was like yeah at some point it was like a groundhog day of yeah back to back few little quirks that the dutch people were doing i was like eh, I've, I've had enough of this and then i got on stage i would say that that's my actual, yeah. That was your impetus to get on stage. Impetus to get on stage. Yeah, because I think a lot of us have like a, and again, Roman's going to be like, nah, <laughs> absolutely not. No. I was just killing it and then yeah. thought I'd kill it on stage. Yeah. I, I have a, it wasn't the same, but I have a, um, a really bad breakup and I was basically like having panic attacks right. from work. And that was the thing that got me on stage. Because wow. I was like, okay. if I don't, I don't know if I've told you, have, you this. You have I, to express yourself. 
Yeah, like I, I was having a, I was on on the floor of my apartment in New York having a panic attack, and I thought like if I if I die alone in a one bedroom apartment, this wow, like, okay, so sad. And I remember yeah. ring, ringing my brother, who's back in England, and he's like, "You just need something creative that's just yours." Exactly. Because advertising is my day job, so I think I'd always I'd always yeah. try to, I'd always try to make that my creative outlet. Yeah. And it's not enough. Yeah. And the thing with comedy that's so wonderful is I think whether it's whether you're shit or not yeah. at least it's just you it's you yeah and yeah. it's just like there's no standing other up for yourself. standing up for yourself and I think yeah. well standing up that's a very loaded phrase especially from the yeah. way you just yeah, yeah, yeah. well the way you just described your your journey in yes. like being able to have voice yeah. and agency it's yeah, quite definitely a, yeah and I would also say like uh, for me stand up wasn't something uh, I got on stage thinking I was going to be good at it yeah. it was just the only thing I knew that would let me do what I wanted to say, which was I wanted to speak up. I wanted to speak up about some of the issues that were happening. Yeah. But I did not f- find a way because if I go on a social media portal and just express myself, people will think I'm just, you know, complaining without having any solution in mind. And I'm not smart enough to come up with solutions. I was going to say they'll think you're a Russian bot, but okay. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> I may be. You never yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> this entire podcast is a figment of Roman's imagination. <laughs> My imagination. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like having that voice thing is such a such a yeah, it's an amazing thing. That yeah, I can I can also get into it a little bit on like how I exactly I uh, ended up on a stage in Amsterdam because once I moved to Europe, I didn't really want to do stand up. I thought uh, those days are past me. Like if you were to be a stand up, you should only be in New York. If you're not in New York, mm-hmm. you're not really a stand up. That's mm-hmm. the sort of the romanticized comedy fan in me. Yeah, and, uh, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But I ended up going to, uh, the, there was one particular incident in Amsterdam that really led me onto the stage, which was a comedy of errors, but also some blunders. So I was a, I was at a Amsterdam convenience store. I, I'm not sure if I can name them and call them out because they're like a multi, <laughs> not a national brand, but kind of multinational brand in Amsterdam. You can name them. They can come to us. It's been great publicity. Well, what is it? What does it rhyme with? What, do they rhyme? <laughs> yeah. what does it rhyme with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a Dutch name. It doesn't really rhyme with anything. Oh, so it's a Dutch name, so it rhymes That's with Flugelstadl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, rhymes, it rhymes with clog windmill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that famous brand. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah. Knows, Everyone about knows about them. them. That's why I'm, I imagine like the version, the Dutch version of Marks and Spencer's is just clogs and windmills. Clogs and windmills. Something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But it's, it's more like a target for the Netherlands, you could say. Okay. Yeah, all my Dutch people are looking at like this yeah. guy's calling them out. <laughs> but I have to speak up at some point, right? So, I, I was at that store one day, and uh, of course, I'm an immigrant guy. I don't, I don't like to go meet someone for checkout. I do self checkout. Mm-hmm. I don't want uh, any uh, in level of intimacy because sometimes Dutch people or even white people in general are, are too nice when you're checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that conversation I have sometimes I know they don't really mean it, and uh, somehow I feel uncomfortable by intimacy. So I, I thought. I'm just gonna go talk to a robot. So I was just <laughs> checking out, <laughs> checking out what I need to buy, and of course the immigrant guilt in me is like, did I check this out? Let me just scan mm-hmm. again. Let me just scan again. Sometimes I would just do that. You know, you know what? I might pay a lot more money, but at least they won't accuse me of stealing, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just get the stuff, check out, scan my code. Everything's great. I get on the escalator. Right when I was about to leave, I feel like someone's dragging my bag from the back. I was like. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I look back and I see it's the security guard. He's a tall Dutch guy. And he's like, we need to inspect your bag. I'm, I'm a bit suspicious. I was like, 
what? I just scanned everything like five times, dude. I paid way yeah. more than I should be paying. He's like, yeah. no, I need to check it out. He he takes me down the other escalator and the whole shop is just looking at us like, oh, look at this guy. He mm-hmm. must have stolen something. What did he steal? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and most of the stuff that I bought were like spices. I will never steal spices. <laughs> Never do that. Wait, it's a fight back against the stereotypes. Yeah. I have like saffron, <laughs> cardamom, <laughs> cinnamon. I, like, I wouldn't steal like, that. You, you, you don't know what this is. Yeah. Klaus. I shouldn't be paying for this in the first place. Okay. <laughs> if anything, I need reparations back on all this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the only one using them in my food in the Netherlands. So <laughs> like, why did you guys? Why did you guys keep coming to my country and stealing all this shit? You don't yeah. use any, any of it. Of so anyways, he ta- he takes me there and the, I kind of call him out and mm-hmm. say like, are you trying to be racist? And he gives me the most like white response. He's like, no, I'm just trying to be careful. I would never be racist. That's a funny, sorry to interrupt you. That's a funny way of phrasing it. He trying to be racist. Yeah. He's like, am I doing it right? <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to say it if he's going to sue me. So I was like, are you trying to be racist yeah. in a very cute way? But the guy was like, no, I'm just trying to be mm. careful. He puts everything there on the racist table because of... <laughs> He starts scanning everything. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's like, oh, okay. And he's just about to leave. I was like, bro, you can't just do that to me. He didn't even say sorry. He's like, oh, am I supposed to say sorry? Okay, I'm going to say sorry. I was just doing my job. I was like, okay. I guess there was a misunderstanding. I pack everything. I'm about to leave. And that's when I hear him yelling at someone else. I was like, wait, I'm going to look back. And he's yelling at an older Muslim lady because she finished her checkout. She was about to get on the escalator, but he's like, hey lady, I need to check your bag. I was like, dude, th- this can't be real. Like, wh- what am I watching? This is like the 1960s or w- yeah. w- what's going on? So yeah. I-, I go up back to the guy and I'm like, okay, it's, I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to unleash my inner Karen. So I was like, <laughs> okay then, can I speak to your manager? Yeah. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. You can speak to my manager. We go to the manager and she was like the most, the, you know, the white woman that has everything together in her life. She's mm-hmm. figured it out. So she looks at me. She's like, you shouldn't be worried about this. I'm going to fix it for you right away. I was like, oh, is she going to fire this guy? I don't, I don't want it to go that far. And she starts typing on her computer and she starts looking at me like, you're going to like this. I was like, what is she going to do? She starts typing a bit more, print something, sign something and gives me a card. I was like, what is this? Is Is this like a like a reparations card? Like, yeah. oh, is it going to solve everything? And she tells me, I think this will take care of everything. I was like, okay, what is this? Yeah. I look at it and it says 240 euros. <laughs> it was a gift euros. card. It was You're a gift kid. card. <laughs> and the first thought that occurred to me was, why was it not 250? Yeah. <laughs> How did you decide it was 240? <laughs> That's so precise that you equated racism with 240 euros. And if you have to do it in, in increments of 20... Do it to two sixty. Like go over, go over the two fifty. Yeah, don't jip me on don't the. So don't jip me on the ten. Yeah, yeah. That that was the time when I first laughed out about something that was really sad that happened to me and someone that looks like my mom. Yeah, and I, I just laughed out loud. I was like, oh, this this can actually be funny, and that's when I figured out like this could be the version of me. Yeah, doing stand up and bringing light to issues that that are happening. Mm-hmm. But I also talk at it from an authentic standpoint. So yeah. that I would say is like the origin story of. The comic that I am right now. Yeah, and it's from such a simple everyday. Yeah, but it's so, like, it's so real. So, like I, w- I was in Brooklyn last week, and uh, I was getting the I was an idiot. I didn't, didn't bring enough underwear. <laughs> so I was, I, was, I, I was going to H and M get some pants and t shirts and stuff. And my bag was beeping on the way out. And the dude was just like, "Go ahead." No way. He was just like, "Go ahead." Fine. <laughs> 
Because like when you when you like Conan O'Brien's stepchild, right? And it's like <laughs> you're fine. Buddy. Was this Williamsburg or no? This was um, downtown Brooklyn. Downtown Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, so it's okay. Fulton Street. So it was pretty. So <laughs> I'd, I'd actually have a funny thing. So like, I'm about to get coffee one day. And if, when was the last time you were in New York? 2019. So it's got it's got pretty aggro since the pandemic. Pretty aggro. Like, I can imagine. Yeah. And uh, I was down near Fulton Street, and a homeless guy came up to me called me a pussy he's like you pussy and then just kicked me in the shin yeah and then ran away and i was like if you'd have stuck around you would have realized i am a giant pussy <laughs> <laughs> i would have done absolutely nothing, nothing. <laughs> yeah call me san diego i'm a whale's vagina i'm a giant <laughs> pussy whoa yeah but i was, yeah. But I was it was it was interesting because i sometimes think in those situations like if i saw me wandering around in my little my little corduroy jacket right I'd want to mug me, <laughs> like, like, like the easiest guy to get. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like Bill Burr describes it as like um howdy doody face. Yeah. Like you have like oh golly face, um and uh, I, uh, I I definitely have that, one hundred percent. I think if, if anybody on the street looks at me, they're like yeah this like we, we, we like we could take him, <laughs> we, we, we could one hundred percent take him. Yeah. Um. Do you do you miss doing stand up in New York? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was only like an open micer back mm-hmm. back when I was still in New York. I wouldn't call my call myself a full time comic anyway. But yeah, that's that's the place where I want to go. That's that's yeah. what I'm trying to do right now. Like, yeah. uh, make some waves in Europe so people in New York hear it, and then they're like, yeah. "Who's this Indian guy? Can can we have him there?" But yeah, definitely, I, w- I would love to go back and yeah, do it for real. Because I told you I was I was there. Yeah, you were there. I, I mean, I mean, I was looking at your gigs. You were doing like the stand, the seller, the. New York Comedy Club in the same day that that was crazy. Yeah, didn't didn't the Comedy Cellar and New York Comedy Club on the same day was yeah that was pretty great. Wow, that was yeah, pretty great. Yeah, because uh, I'd been to the cellar that week to watch a show, and yeah. then I got a phone call from a friend who said there's a gap on this produced show, and uh, wow. do you want to come do it? Do it, yeah. And I was like, Why not? great. Yeah. And at first she was like, oh, I might just need need you for five, and then I got there and they're like, could you do like fifteen? Whoa. And I was okay. like, yes. Why not? Absolutely, hundred percent. Nice. Uh, and it was great, and I got a ni- got a nice tape out of it, and they're like, "You can come back and do it again." And wow, um, can we hear your um, American accent one more time? Yeah, <laughs> which one? Which one, mate? There's a gamut. <laughs> uh, so I, well, I did a few. I did a few shows in a few different places. So I did, I, did, okay. I did some shows in LA, and then Carolina. Yep. Carolina was great because when I got up on stage there, they were like, "Wait, what? <laughs> what, what? What's coming out of your mouth right now?" <laughs> It's <laughs> like, like I, I, I think I saw the Queen once on my television. I don't think I ever met a British. Am I saying it right? British? Wow. Is that how you say it? Like we did, did an outdoor brewery. Right. I thought I thought it was gonna be a hell gig. I thought it was gonna be horrible. But the and the co- two comics before me had struggled a little bit, and then I got on. I think just purely by virtue of the fact that they were like, "What is this accent?" Right. Everyone like engaged, and then it was like one of the nicest gigs I think I've ever done. Wow. It was absolutely fantastic. An outdoor show in like fall? That's pretty yeah. cool. Well, it's pretty warm there still. Okay. And then I did a, a club in Greensboro called The Idiot Box. Majority black audience. Nice. One of the best gigs yeah. I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah. Just absolutely. And were you the only white guy on the lineup? One of the only white guys oh, on the lineup, great. yeah. That's great. It was, it was, and it reminded me, because I used to do yeah. some rooms like that in New York. Yeah. And uh, it really, te- it teaches you a lot, I think. Yes. It te- teaches you a lot about like some of, how some, how some of your references work. It teaches you a lot about like, there's different ways of connecting with different groups. Like, right. like, like in England, like a Northern English crowd yeah. would be very different from like a posh London crowd, for example. Right. You'd have to connect with them differently. 
it's like just playing different rooms, different. It was funny because I had a joke I was doing about the royal family, yeah, about Prince Philip dying. Okay, I don't, I don't know if you saw that one on Instagram. I don't think I've seen it. it was ba- I was basically said that like the queen dying was uh, the cherry on top of a cake for like a rough few years for the royal family. Yeah, and it all started with Prince Philip dying. Yeah, and he died on the same day as the rapper DMX. Okay. It's just two guys locked in a lifelong battle for who could say the N-word most in one lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and in Carolina, that fucking killed. Okay. All these guys are like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy. And I was like, yeah, he kind of looks, like, looks like boring Dracula. I'm like, yeah, he, he does. does. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy's like, what? But I did the same joke in Brooklyn at the, at the, at the tiny cupboard, which is a super... It's in like bed. It's in the gentrified bit of bed stuff. Right, right. So it's a super liberally place. Did the exact same bit, and these people like, as one girl literally went, "I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Okay, I don't know about that." And I was like, "Wait, are you? Do you think he didn't say it? Because <laughs> I'm here to tell you, he definitely said it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Whoa, it's like, who okay. who are you defending in this bit? She's like, "I don't. I'm not sure. I just don't like it." <laughs> I just don't. So it's, you, it's crazy that when like how jokes travel, like and how right. they work in some places and not others. But you know, it's 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 the it's the mystery of it all. Have you ever had that where you've had like a bit that in in certain rooms is like crushed oh. and then? Well, ma- massively, man. Like even just what you were saying about be- mm. playing like a, a black room, mm. right? I've played black rooms before, and like died on my ass. Mm. And then I'll go like to the middle of England, yeah, and have a great gig. No, and, sometimes, and it's amazing. It's amazing how that can happen. But it, it's the, it's just, the, it's comedy, man. Yeah. Comedy. I mean, I don't know how you, you in your situation. I mean, I remember the first time I did one in, um, wasn't, yeah, 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 it was Harlem, pretty much Harlem, uh, Westside Comedy Lounge in New York. And I tried, in as much as I can ever, right. I tried to be cool. So I just yeah. tried to be like, I didn't change my material, but my acting right, right, was right. like, Hey guys, what's going on? You know, I'm just, I just, I don't know. I just tried to have a bit of flavor to me. Keeping up with the time. I yeah. and it and it understandably died horribly. No. Yeah, like, that, because that's not you. That's because it isn't me. And yeah. they were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. The second time I went up, I was like, "Hello, how's it going?" <laughs> it's like, ah, Harry Potter's crazy. <laughs> Look at this Dumbledore fuck. <laughs> Which is the right that's way to do it because like that's do. that's me. That's that's who I am. Yeah. Uh, and it was same in the Greensboro gig. They were just like. The more you're yours, I think. So I watched a few comics um, at the cellar. It was Jay Jordan, who I think is fantastic. Um, Ian Fidance, um, Brian Scott McFadden, and Ryan Hamilton, and um, Sarah Talmash. And the one thing I took away from all of them uh, is just like how they were on uh, Nathan McIntosh. They're all in tune with how they are funny. Exactly. I feel like I don't know if you think that Roman as well. Like mm. when you see pros crush. There's a lot of technique, obviously, and stuff, but I think a big chunk of it is just like they know why they're funny. Yeah, they have self-awareness. Yeah, 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 and they can tap into that yeah. thing, that emotional vein that almost not that it doesn't matter what they say, but it almost doesn't matter what they say. Right. You you don't see the surprise in their faces when they're getting big laughs, because sometimes yeah. when I say some things and people are laughing more than I expect, I'm like, oh wow, okay, I didn't know I was funny that way, but yeah. you find out. Yeah, you find out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it is a voyage of discovery in that sense. I think in some ways I'm still trying to figure out how I'm funny. Mm, right. I, I know I can write and say funny things. Exactly. But I, figuring out how I am funny, yeah, yeah that's still a, a discovery. That's still a voyage of discovery at the moment. Oh, you know? f- for sure. I mean, I, I think mm. some people say like it takes, I, I guess that's what, that's what they say when they say finding your voice, right? Right. And I think it takes years, doesn't it? 
absolutely. I, I feel like I've started to scratch the surface of something with like, yeah, this like being befuddled. Oh, okay. Because I think it helps you if you write, because you know, like I, I like to write like sort of like wordy wordplay things. And right. I think if you're clever, if you're doing clever quote quote unquote wordy things, whatever. But if you deliver it like you think, like you think it's clever. What do you think? Yep. Then people are like, okay, I'm glad for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you think you think it's clever. Right. Whereas if you do, if you can deliver it from the stance of like, why is that like this? I remember listening to Mark Normand and he was like, uh, the day he figured out that his whole act was, well, if this is like that, why isn't that why like isn't this? Why isn't that like that? Yeah. I've and, heard that. And that, that was like his whole act. I think like, the day you can get it down to something is... You know, one line. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I have that one line, brown guy shitting on white people. <laughs> doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> That's going to be the pitch for tomorrow. Yeah. 100%. I can, I can just appear from behind a lamppost like, he will. <laughs> he will. It's true, he does. <laughs> and I'll be there also. <laughs> Maybe that could be the angle when you're handing out these flyers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we did Edinburgh together. Yeah. And that, that was my pitch. Like, I would say all kinds of outrageous things just to get the festival goers like excited and i would say what well, one of the lines i would say was that and they would just look at me like wait are you seriously gonna shit on us i was like yeah you best bet i will <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i would give them well the you had an amazing anniversary so one of the things happened to you is you met anthony devito yes yes and then you've ended up opening for him in amsterdam? yes and i also co-produced a show with him in amsterdam yeah 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 it was crazy i literally saw his show and that night i met him which was like i never expect to meet Someone who whom I look up to so easily, but Edinburgh is Edinburgh. Yep. Like it's so close yet so far. So you think you're part of the yeah. cool crowd now. Yeah. And I meet Anthony and I say like, you literally changed my life. And he's like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, the way you talked about pain, I, I, I wish I had that, that level of funny to find the funny in, in something so traumatic for you. And he's like, that's the nicest thing someone's ever told me. I hope I will see you again. And somehow serendipitously, he ends up thinking about coming to Amsterdam and then I connect with the friend who's bringing him to Amsterdam, and yeah, now now I'm working with him and yeah, yeah sharing some notes. Like, yeah, he's he's a great guy to work with. But that's the p- magic of the fringe. Like, you never know yeah. what's gonna come out of it. Yeah. Oh, totally. So is is he sort of staying in Amsterdam for a little bit? Or? No, he was there for for like a week after after the fringe, and right. we did a bunch of shows, and then now he's, he's now he's gone back to the to good New old York. New York. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it definitely feels like when I was back there, you do feel like you're tapping into a certain kind of magic that maybe yeah. it's because like if you are English, like we are, maybe London doesn't have the same buzz for yeah. you, maybe potentially. But like, yeah, being back in that city, you are reminded that like this is where a stand up was invented and you can't really yeah. get away from the fact that um, it has a different energy and a different vibe and doing Hopping on the subway and doing multiple shows in a night is a magical yeah. experience. It's so fun. Yeah. And then the fact that in that city, there's so many options and there's people going for any kind of option, you know, like mm-hmm. they, there's, you could go to the cellar, but there's also people going to shows like all comedy shows in Williamsburg, which is beautiful for me. Like yeah. when you have so many options, people still, there's still a crowd for every option. Yeah. Yeah. I think you don't it, find that so much. I think it helps because the way New York runs their shows is getting well, whatever, it's a comedy podcast, yeah. but like the standard British show is two and a half hours. Yep. Four acts, uh, you know, host, an opener, a middle, a closer, two right. breaks. So it's the whole night. So if you if you decide you're going to the comedy store or Top Secret, that's your whole night pretty much. Pretty much. New York show could be like an hour, 90 minutes. Right. You can do that and do something else. Or you can have done something else and then go and do that. True. I think that also helps with 
the vibrancy of that scene. Scene, yeah. Because people aren't locked in or like they don't feel like they like they're not pot committed. Yeah. And I also find it interesting that they they are able to charge a good amount. Even if mm. you're a smaller show, you could charge like twenty five. Yeah. dollars and you require two minimum drinks people show up like if i try to do that in amsterdam people will just laugh at me like that's cute yeah oh yeah. Do, how, yeah. do people, people not pay ticket prices in amsterdam i mean i would say 10 euros is okay. already a good price and pe- there's people right now trying to push mm. the boundary but europe we still have that culture of stand-up english stand-up is like the second preference at least in a city like amsterdam where there's dutch stand-up already mm-hmm. and we're sort of the the smaller guys but yeah mm. but i think it's a small and Growing scene, definitely. Yeah. Just out, just out of interest, just if I may, do you speak yeah. Dutch? I don't speak Dutch. I've only been there for two and a half years, so okay. yeah. Cool. Didn't really get around to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't like English in Amsterdam is... That's the problem, yeah. It's, it's the boon and a bane that no one, even when I have a mask on, like looking at my skin tone, people are just going to go for English 99% of the time and mm. they wouldn't even let you struggle with Dutch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes it really hard to try to learn the language. I just like wear a monocle and carry a little British flag. <laughs> <laughs> I tell, speaking of masks, I tell, that was fucking wild in America. Like, they are so, really? they are so masky. Still. Oh, even now? Okay. Dude. Wow. Okay. And, and I'm, it's like, LA, I kind of, LA, I expected it. Carolina was, because they have, because like Durham, where I was, and Greensboro, that college towns. They're college towns. So because they're like little liberal epicenters, right? I think in a way they push back harder against wow. the rest of the okay state. Like there's still shops there say no mass, no entry. Yeah. And like, and in New York, I would say sixty percent of people on the subway still wearing masks. In that subway, I would wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty nasty. <laughs> it's pretty nasty. Yeah. 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 I, saw, uh, I saw a couple of things I hadn't seen before this time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, what what yeah. was it? Uh, saw a guy taking a shit just in the subway. Just okay. I used to see that every day. So, okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I, I would see all kinds of things. I saw the after effects on the subway. I saw like, guys with shit on them. I never saw a guy just like wow. dropping a deuce wow. <laughs> okay. there and then. That was pretty New York is back. Yeah, New York is back, yeah. And that's kind of in line with the marketing for your show, isn't it? Um, The split build that the two of you lot are doing, taking shits on people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's it. That's it. In fact, in fact, I filmed that guy. He's done a promo for us. You'll see it. You'll see it at the end of the show. It's a bit garbled. His promo is just... (laughs) You'll see it at the end of the show. Wow. Yeah. And what was the second thing? Uh, Oh, just a, a, a female... I've never, I've never seen a female homeless person start a fight on a oh, subway. That's progress. Before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's equality. It. <laughs> yeah, it's equality. Yeah, yeah 100%. And uh, how, how was it in the city? Like, are people back to doing active things or? I, yeah, kind of. I I think because the co- cause, because COVID was so politicized there. Right. I mean, it was politicized here, I think, as well, but not to the extent it was there. Yeah. So people are still wearing masks and purelling and stuff. I think wow. almost as a political statement that, okay. you know like hey, the pandemic isn't over you guys you know okay. like actually there's there's a quite a lot yeah still um i also, I also think the fact that people, people didn't go back to the office is a big deal so like um, even when you get like, still remotely working yeah, yeah yeah so there's a lot of like um that that n- none of the things that f- will force you to get back into day-to-day right. life i guess yeah are, are as prevalent as they have been here um wow. Which is interesting. I mean, the city feels busy, but not like busy the way I remember it. Wow. It's yeah. the, it still feels more spread out. 
yeah. and more calm than um, than like when I was living there. I remember, you know, some well, you remember yes, like yeah. some days in Manhattan. Yeah, where like it was just the whole. The whole world was on the streets. It was the yeah. most beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, do you know what I've always thought? Because I've never been to any Indian cities, but I've been to like some Vietnamese and Chinese city. I always thought New York had way more in common with a Asian city than yeah. than London. Yeah. No, definitely. If I go to like Delhi or Mumbai and I'm in out and about in the markets, that's how I would feel like in West Village, for example, on like when they would have like uh, these celebrations, like different celebrations, whether it's uh, even even just for like a holiday for Christmas. How New York gets ready? Yeah, it's much closer to highly populated cities uh, yeah. in Asia, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was there last Christmas, or not Christmas, but the week leading up to it. That was when the Rockefeller tree set on fire. Right. Oh yeah. It was like the perfect metaphor for the city <laughs> at that time. Just yeah, this giant icon of New York is on fire, and people just walking past it. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I know one stops. So no, like, no one stops. Like, oh, yeah, give me a big goddamn tree on fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Some people might live in New York their entire life. Probably never been to Manhattan. That, that's also a thing that you could notice. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are some guys in like Staten Island. I went to Staten Island for, for a gig once. And I was talking to people there and they're like, you came from Manhattan. Like, how is it like in Manhattan? Yeah. I'm like, you're from New York. You should know how Manhattan is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I went there like three years ago. And yeah, they just live in their little pockets. Someplace. Yeah. Well, I remember like reading Woody Allen's book. He was like, he had family members in Brooklyn who ne- their whole life never went to Manhattan. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's because it's just I mean yeah it's 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 such a magnetic place. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I did I did want to chat to you about was mm-hmm. well actually no before going to that, uh, what's the rest of Europe saying about uh, Liz Trust? Oh, minute? people are just what's the vibe doing lettuce memes right <laughs> now? Lettuce is the. <laughs> did you guys see the Daily Star? Did you see the Daily Star cover? Because you know that they're, they're the ones yeah. who, do, who did the lettuce. Yeah, their headline was lettuce lettuce rejoice. <laughs> which mean it's yeah. a shitty newspaper but someone needs an award for that, that is, for sure absolutely that is sensational journalism <laughs> yeah uh so let's memes and what else i think uh at least the way the dutch media that I've, I've just been checking out this morning how the how they look at it is like everybody's just in fascination as we're looking at a circus yeah and the movie's not over kind of thing you know they're like oh this is just a first draw that we've seen but maybe there's there's even more coming so people are just fascinated looking yeah and people in india are oh my god that's that's a next level of madness they're like oh finally the indian guy is gonna get it (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like (laughs) torn like okay he's indian but i don't know (laughs) he's the kind of indian (laughs) i would like to see there (laughs) that's why i came here actually to fix the problem so i think you say i'm running (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what we can do with flyering this afternoon Oh, yeah, yeah. Ra- Ram is running against Rishi. <laughs> if you want to support him, come to the show tomorrow. Yeah, that, that was going to be my opener tomorrow. It's like, I know what you guys are thinking. Rishi has really let himself go. After, <laughs> after finding out Liz has dropped out. That'll, that'll kill. <laughs> yeah. that'll, do, that'll, that'll kill. Yeah, yeah. So this, I'm finding out from both parts of the world, but most yeah. of the time people are just not really surprised, if I can say so. Yeah. Like, then. I thought there would be more surprise, but mo- most of the people were like, oh yeah, we could see that coming. I think that's the most damning thing. Yeah, is yeah. People expect that from us. They just wrote you yeah. off. Yeah. I think because uh, I think are you Gen Z technically? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 25. So. You're 25. Roman, are you? Oh, I'm whatever generation you are. I'm the same. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't really know the generation thing, but I know we're about the same age. Because like for millennials, I think this is just a, a never-ending parade of bullshit that. Yeah. Our adult life. I mean, we haven't had a war. We haven't been conscripted to fight anywhere. We haven't, you know, 
Well, must be because we have. I was about to say we haven't had any big diseases, but we <laughs> <laughs> and like this is. I think there was like seven recessions in the whole twentieth century. Wow. Yeah. And this is going to be like the fourth. Yes. In twelve years, which I think I said, I said to my dad because he was, he was like, my dad's a big, my dad's a big Tory. Okay. And he was like, it's very sad, very sad what the media's done to Liz. Yeah. Very sad. And I was like, <laughs> kind of, but. She's also that's a that's a fuck up on a monumental scale. Yeah. Well, what did you expect? What did was you? Ex- happen? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess sure you could have kept her in. Yeah. But she she would have been limping from now until the general election. Oh, absolutely. So. And also, it wasn't the media. It was her own party didn't want her in anymore. So it, yeah. it doesn't matter what the media says if your own party doesn't want. Anyway, but I think for people my age, I was, I was saying to him like, I don't know if I can ever vote again. Really. Yeah. You're like, jaded. Yeah. Not of any yeah. sense of like as a protest. No, no. Just out just, of like whatever Walmart, Apple, Google want is going to happen. Gonna happen. Yeah. So we can all play and dance around. <laughs> yeah. Does it really have a consequence? Yeah. Yeah. Does it really yeah. have a consequence? Yeah. Like, what is China up to? Can we enlist? <laughs> yeah. And I also feel like these guys are all on the same Zoom call. Yes. And they just keep popping out saying things that this is happening in the world right now sometimes. Yeah. And like, we're just supposed to be like, okay. And then, but they're all in on the joke. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Oh, totally. So Barack, Barack Obama did an interview recently where he was talking about how, you know, oh, people think there's a neoliberal cabal. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, you need to get out and vote. And uh, Tom, you're pulling out all of the all of the good voices today. <laughs> this is uh, well, I, I, I think Bill Clinton agrees with him. <laughs> uh, so like, but it's it's easy to sit back and say that when yeah. You're part of a generation that benefited from yeah. the way like society is structured now. Yeah. Whereas, like, we're just like, <sighs> I, I, yeah. I feel like if if, yeah. if if our generation had like a sound effect, it would be yeah. <sighs> that is that is very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel just a, a huge sense of apathy at the moment. Like, yeah. that's what I that's what I genuinely feel. It's just it's just apathy right now and. Just trying to live every day and get the most from it, but oh, I don't. What does your generation feel like? Like, what do? You, how do you feel? I think most of the time they're just scroll, scrolling through TikTok, <laughs> and there's just guys going like doing all kinds of weird things. And all right, next up, next up, and then some news pops up. Okay, cool, that's great. And then all these things are actual tangible things happening, but I don't think people have a sense of what's. Yeah, what's really the pain or the joy? Yeah, I don't know. It's either not big enough to worry about or it's so big we should be... It's out of their yeah. Yeah, control. It's out of their control. Yeah. And it's like, are we rioting? Yeah. Or are we yeah. just going to order in and watch TikTok? Yeah, because I also have friends on the other side who are fighting, but they're always fighting. Mm. There is, they're, they're kind of restless. And they, I can see, kind of going back to the mask thing, they can get into their little eco chamber and they go all in and they're not really looking around and I feel like, oh my God, like that's that's a bit much. Like I'm yeah. I'm glad you you're woke or you're awoke. I don't know what's the right word to use for them, but yeah, yeah, sometimes I feel they're a bit much as well. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean I was on a uh well yeah, I was yeah, I was out, I was I was out for dinner with a girl in uh, in America. Quit bragging. And she was, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so, dude. okay, silent brand. Yeah. <laughs> I was out for dinner with this girl. Well, you can man. tell, you can tell how rarely it, you can tell how rarely it happens. But the fact that I was like, oh, <laughs> all I heard was dinner, girl, yeah. America. Those yeah. are the three highlights. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the title of the, of the porno video. <laughs> uh, but um, and and she she lives in Portland and she got a lot of tattoos and 
she was talking about how like, well, you, you know, I just think uh, white people have like an ingrained violence in them that okay. like you yeah. guys, we are just a violent, disgusting people, and wow. other other people don't have that in them as much, and we need to wow. reconcile that. Yeah. And I was like, you should tell Ganges Khan. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have been thrilled. Wow, self-loathing at its finest. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and but uh, and I and I wasn't. I didn't want to argue with her particularly. Or, no, no, yeah, yeah. But I was just like because I was trying to get laid. But I was. <laughs> I was no, I'm just. I'm <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have to try that hard. But um, <laughs> uh, another humble Brett. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, they get they're getting less humble as they go. Um, but I, I just thought like, it's such an interesting that you can get into such a... So that happened. And then also I was watching the NFL in a bar. Yep. And me and my mate really... In, uh, we didn't get to watch football together a lot. So it was great. Guy next to us was a Chicago Bears fan. And a guy came in in a mask. And he was like, this goddamn sissy. Whoa. And yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh, whatever. It's his choice to do it, whatever. And he was like, well, it wouldn't catch me doing that in a pandemic. Okay. And then he just rattled off a bunch of Trumpy talking points, almost right. like he was a character in a sitcom. Yeah. Like, well, you know, the CDC works for the WHO, works for the Chinese government, who works for Ron, uh, what's the guy's, George Soros, who finances the Clintons, who buried a body, the aliens are real. Yeah. And you're like, how, and I had, I had it's both. It's just a black hole. You keep going further down and it's just, yeah, totally. there's and no I, hope. And I guess it was interesting because I had both those conversations within like three days. Right. Yeah, exactly. Of each other. Yeah, and both of them are equally out of their mind. Out of their mind. Yeah, both yeah, of them are out there. Yeah. And to the point where like you can't, you want to like shake them up like, yeah, are you real? Yeah. Like are you are you just a talking point? Because both of them one one sounded like a Fox News talking point, the other one sounded like a MSNBC right talking point. Yeah. It was wild. And because I remember like watching the news over there. I was I was saying to somebody like, "What do you think? Who do you think is worse, Fox, Fox or CNN?" You couldn't tell. You couldn't yeah, tell. You couldn't tell because yeah. Fox News is like the guy screaming on the subway, because like at least you know he's crazy. You can avoid him, but CNN is like the guy secretly masturbating on the subway. Yeah, like you don't know he's crazy till it's too late. <laughs> and by that point, you've been watching for an hour. But honestly, the CNN guys are yeah. I, I don't know if they're they're even worse. Yeah, because they pretend to be on the whatever. The politically correct side and yeah 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 just, yeah minting i think that's something with comedy i don't roman i don't know if you agree mm. like one of the things i think comics will have a real strong sense of is justice right mm. of like what's real what's fake what's mm. like no that's bullshit yeah and i think that's why at the minute it's so much more tempting to poke fun at the left even though most of us probably politically are more there yeah not everyone but most of us are probably more there right i mean i certainly am um but it's easier to make fun of them because at the moment in culture, they're the ones who have the most pomposity and the most artifice. Yeah, and righteousness. Yeah, and righteousness. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm I'm old enough to remember what it was like in the early two thousands when it was the religious right, when it was we need to ban Eminem, um, when we need to like get rid of music videos, and yeah. uh, Dick Cheney's wife was like this big mission against. Um, bands like Limp Biscuit and stuff and like yeah. so I, I remember when it was coming from the other side and I feel like the Iraq war was a big pivot point yeah when we, it still went more towards like the left winning culture um but it's the same it's the same thing just from another direction yeah and everybody loves telling others what to do and what not to do that at the, at the end of the day we just yeah when we get into a position of power yeah I think that gives a high 
But I, I, I agree. I think the reason that the, the right gets more of a pass in comedy terms is at least they they know what they're about. It's like, it's, it, it's like you were saying yes. with the Oklahoma racists. Yes, yes. They're more aware. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. they're it's like they're they're aware. They're aware of like what they're doing. And they're more in touch with their. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at yeah. least it's like all right. At least we're being. Yeah. I might not like what you're saying or your viewpoint, but at least there's a level of human honesty here. Yeah. That is not present in a lot of conversations when people are saying, like, you can't, you can't actually really believe that there's some DNA defect in Caucasian people that makes them homicidal. Yeah. Like, that's just not science. That, that's like astrology. That actually sounds more like a right wing person saying, you know. It does. It's eugenics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's basically eugenics. Yeah. It's eugenics crossed with, crossed with, with astrology. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm a Libra. I'm a bit more violent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm a cutie pie. I'm just a bit, <laughs> just a bit more violent, <laughs> you know? My, lead, yeah. my Caucasian rising. <laughs> I just have homicidal tendencies. I will take no responsibility for the N-word I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that being said, namaste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think let's get out on that. Let's awesome. Get, let's get yeah. out on namaste. Yeah. Uh, Ram, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at the Ram Arangi story. I know it's complicated. I'm just trying to stick to my gut that it's going it's gonna catch up. make the algorithm work, but it's not so far. <laughs> so if you'd like to support me there, yeah, that would be great. And uh, we're going to post some clips from our uh, British Indian Buddies show. Um, so you guys can check that out as well. This has been another episode of Tom and Jack Having the Crack. We'll have Jack back next week. Uh, with some more guests. Roman, thank you, buddy. Thank you, Roman. No You're worries. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I'm the best. He said, I'm the best. Well, you only met me once. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm a Gen Z. It's very easy for me to give compliments. <laughs> oh, bless. No worries, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, good stuff, fellas. Good stuff. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's always nice when they fly by. Like, yeah. you know, that, that's 